I'm Erin Holt, and this is the Functional Nutrition Podcast, where we lean into intuitive functional medicine. We look at how diet, our environment, our emotions, and our beliefs all affect our physical health. This podcast is your full-bodied, well-rounded resource. I've got over a decade of clinical experience, and because of that, I've got a major bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model. They're both failing so many of us. But functional medicine isn't the panacea that it's made out to be either. We've got some work to do, and that's why creating a new model is my life's work. I believe in the ripple effect, so I founded the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school and mentorship for practitioners who want to do the same. This show is for you if you're looking for new ways of thinking about your health and you're ready to be an active participant in your own healing. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. I would love for you to follow the show, rate, review, and share because you never know whose life you might change. And of course, keep coming back for more. Hello, friends. Happy November. Going to share a little listener love before we get started. This is from Agent 2400. This is a five-star iTunes review. Erin is captivating and a little sassy. The insight and education she provides on the podcast is so awesome. Great info. She speaks so well in the easiest way to understand. Her guests are top-notch too. Love that. I got a lot of wonderful feedback from Jade's uh, episode yeah, uh, last week. So I'm, I'm so glad you guys enjoyed that as, as much as I did. I was hoping that was the case. I'm really happy to be here recording and chatting with all of you. We're going to talk about probiotics. We haven't talked about probiotics in a while, so it's time to dig up the dirt. (laughs) Pun intended. Um, I want to remind you that Functional Friday, that's November 24th, we are having huge sales on all of our courses. So stay tuned for that. If you're on our email list, you'll be notified. So we're running that starting the day after Thanksgiving. And we've never done this before, just put all of our courses on sale. So I'm really, really excited for it. We also are running a November special for our one-to-one services. Those don't go on sale, but we are running a little special because, drumroll please, dun 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 we have added more spots. So at the time of this recording, we do not have a wait list. I don't know the last time I could say that. It's been years. So we have no wait list. So you can join as soon as this month. And if you do, you're going to get a free minerals test if you become a one-on-one client in November. So yay, jump on. We'll link all the info up in our show notes. Um, What I'm going to do today is really get into some self-healing approaches for your gut, things to try, way to strategize gut healing on your own. But if you're feeling a little lost in the weeds, uh, that's where we can come in and help you out. Uh, Just this morning, for example, I did a GI map stool test on myself because I've been having some funky guts. Um, And rather than just throw a bunch of random antimicrobials or probiotics or prebiotics at my gut and hope for the best, with more information through functional lab testing, it will allow me to strategize a more effective treatment plan for myself. So they're great tools to leverage when the time is right. And I think working one-on-one with someone to help you out is such a good move. I also recognize that it's not in the cards for everybody right now. Today's show is going to help you out. We're going to outline some strategies and things to try for yourself. Now, travel back to 
April where I did an episode on acromancia. Acromancia is a gut bug. It's considered a probiotic. It's technically an archaea, uh, but that was episode 252, the holy grail of gut health. And in this show, I mentioned a probiotic called pendulum. And since writing the notes for this show, I have been served literally over eight, maybe even over 10 ads in the past 48 hours. So I can say that their marketing is on point. And these Ackermansia probiotics, the pendulum probiotic, um, are really growing in popularity, probably because they have a huge marketing budget. Um, Rachel, our lead practitioner here at the Functional Nutritionist, in a um, in a recent team meeting, shared that she's really seeing a huge uptick in clients coming to her that are taking these supplements, taking these probiotics. So they're coming to us, and they're already taking the pendulum. And what's interesting, when she runs a stool test on them, the GI map is the one that we use. They are showing that they have low or even no acromancia. Uh, on the stool test in their guts. And I just think that that's quite interesting. And I wanted to give an update because when I recorded that episode back in April, I had said the evidence is sort of mixed as to whether acromancia can really like repopulate the gut. So we're seeing people come to us taking this probiotic and we're still seeing low levels of acromancia. What does this mean? Does this mean that the probiotic is bad? Does it mean that it's ineffective? Does it mean that it's not worth it? I actually think the better questions that we should be asking is, are we asking probiotics to do a job that they're not really equipped to do? Are we putting unrealistic expectations on probiotic supplements? Are we using them as just another tool in our pill for every ill approach? Or like I like to say for functional medicine, a supplement for every imbalanced lab marker. Are we using these probiotic supplements and just like hoping for the best without really understanding the complexity of the microbiome? So I thought it was a good time for a refresher episode on probiotics. And I want to say this, and I want y'all to hear me, microbiome and probiotic research is really in its infancy. So there are some things that we understand now and our understanding of what we understand now might shift in the future. And that's that's showbiz, baby. That's just life in the big city. You know, that's science. That's the human body. That's the field of research. It's how it goes. But one thing I can tell you that I think is pretty bang on based on all the literature is that we cannot spot treat our microbiome. It's just not as simple or straightforward as saying this species is low So I'm going to use a probiotic supplement to bring this species back up. Generally, across the board, we don't see much success with trying to repopulate the microbiome with probiotic pills. And and maybe an exception to that is soil-based organisms, and we will get into those later. So if we're using them that way, We might feel a little discouraged if the low beneficial species on a stool test don't just quickly rebound back up. And just as a gentle reminder for all my practitioners out there, this is also why we don't spot treat a lab. 
and I'm speaking to non-practitioners in today's show, so this is something for you to really understand too if you're getting lab work done. If we are hyper fixated on just improving a lab marker, we can actually miss the benefits that we're experiencing on a body level. So you might take an Acromancia probiotic and not see it improve Acromancia levels on your stool test, but you might actually feel better when you take it. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the goal here? Is the goal a pristine lab or is the goal that you feel better? And I think the question we want to ask ourselves today is even if probiotic supplements aren't able to repopulate the gut microbiome, does that mean that they don't have any utility? And so I'll just give you my answer. No, I don't think it does. Because what the research says is that these probiotic supplements can have very positive effects while in transit. So like as they're moving and grooving through the body, they are affecting us in really positive ways. And at the same time, I think it does make sense to attempt to repopulate the gut with keystone species that are missing or are low, because we know that that influences our entire health, not just our gut health, but our brain health, our immune health, our mental health, all of it. So let's talk about how we can attempt to do that, because it's not just as simple as popping a pill, unfortunately. So what we do know, based on the data, based on the literature, is that ingested bacteria, or probiotics, can positively influence and complement the resident bacteria that's already in our guts. And it does this in a, diff- a few different ways, in kind of like pretty complex ways, actually. Um, some of the ingested bacteria, or Probiotics can produce growth factors like vitamins and exopolysaccharides. This can lead to crossfeeding, what's known as crossfeeding, with the commensal bacteria. And when it does this, it leads to the production of short chain fatty acids, propionate, butyrate, to name a couple. And when this happens, when there's an uptick in short chain fatty acids, um, number one, it's just really good for overall health. But number two, it can shift the pH to make it a less favorable favorable environment for pathogens. So when we're taking probiotics, even though we're not just repopulating the gut, we can actually support the bacteria, the beneficial species that are there and help to inhibit the pathogenic bacteria. It can also help to reduce pathogens or inhibit pathogens through niche competition. So I've talked about the parking lot analogy before. If you imagine your gut like a parking lot, there's only so many spaces. So if those spaces are filled up with uh, good bacteria and then we're taking probiotic, those spaces are going to be more likely filled with the probiotics and less like to, likely to be filled with pathogens because the pathogens or the opportunists will kind of sneak in when they get the opportunity to. And so when we're taking uh, ingested bacteria or probiotics, it's less likely that they do that. And then taking probiotics can also help to stimulate the uh, production of mucin, which positively impacts the mucosa-associated bacteria, um, and it helps to feed those bacteria that that live right there on the mucosal layer. Um, Grace Liu refers to these as our protective key guardians, so they're a really big deal. So basically, ingesting probiotics can help the bacteria that are there, the the healthy, positive bacteria that are already there thrive. Now, when we're looking at a stool test, 
what we're looking at is the colon. That's where the vast majority of our gut microbiome exists, in the colon. Uh, and so if we're just looking to a stool test to see evidence if a probiotic's working, we're going to miss a lot because these ingested bacteria, these probiotics can have major and massive shifts in the microbiome of the small intestine, which is a really big deal. Now, by comparison, the small intestine has a lot less bacteria than the large intestine, but it's got some, and everything that goes down in the small intestine is so important. And so we need to keep this healthy and thriving. And we know that probiotics can have these big effects on the small intestine. They can support an overall healthy microbiome in the small intestine, and this promotes optimal nutrient uptake. Remember that the, the primary site of nutrient absorption is the small intestine, but if we have dysbiosis in the small intestine, that actually decreases the capacity of the small intestine to utilize and absorb the dietary compounds, meaning you can eat a pristine diet, but if your body's not absorbing and if it has a reduced capacity to actually absorb these compounds, you're not getting access to all of that nutrient. And then in turn, when we have optimal nutrient status, that helps to maintain a healthy small intestine. It's like a system that keeps feeding itself. Are you trying to get healthier? Maybe you want to eat better or move your body more, but you struggle with willpower, productivity, or focus. If so, I've got you. My brand new sponsor, Neurohacker, combines 28 of their most research-backed nootropic ingredients in their ultimate brain fuel formula called Qualia Mind. It's been changing people's lives for years now. It's been changing mine for a few months, which is why I called them up and say, hey, do you want to sponsor the show? I love what your product is doing for my brain. Qualia Mind has really helped my focus, my mood, my willpower, my drive. I love it. All the ingredients really work in synergy with one another to support optimal brain function pathways, and you will feel it. If you don't, you can get your money back. Try it for 100 days, and if it doesn't work, if you're not totally stoked, get your money back. See what it can do for your mind. Go to neurohacker.com forward slash funk to save $100 off and 15% off of your first purchase when you use code funk. That's neurohacker.com forward slash F-U-N-K to try Qualia Mind with the code funk. All right, my athletes and my fitness freaks, are you getting enough electrolytes? You kind of need them. They're kind of a big deal. You lose a lot through sweat, but just don't be replacing them with any of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no fillers, no yuck. You need Element. It's not only delicious and wicked convenient, mixes in water super easily, but it also contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium. You can get a free sample pack that's eight single serve packets for free with any element order when you go to drinkelement.com forward slash funk. The deal's only available through my unique link to thank you for listening to the show, drinklmnt.com forward slash F-U-N-K. You can try it risk-free. Probiotics can also help to prevent establishment of unhealthy bacteria in the small intestine. So kind of that similar to what I was talking about earlier with that, that parking lot analogy. And then it also, probiotics can also support barrier integrity. 
probiotics fortify our intestinal barrier. They make it work better. They make it healthy and strong. You know where I'm going with this, right? It helps to prevent and even reverse and heal leaky gut. And we know that when our gut is leaky, that can lead to inflammation, inflammatory diseases, immune system dysfunction, autoimmunity. So probiotics really play a vital role in supporting, treating, preventing immune and inflammatory diseases through this process of improving intestinal barrier function. So it's a pretty big deal. And that's why in like all the hullabaloo of people arguing about probiotics, like they don't even make it down to the colon, this knowledge and understanding of how much the probiotics can influence things before it even gets to the colon kind of makes that a bit of a moot argument. Um, If I'm using the word moot correctly, it's not, not a word that I often frequent. But really the big takeaway is that Probiotics don't even need to get into the colon to still have some pretty significant positive effects. Now, let's move into different types of probiotics because another thing that people argue about is like, what's the best type of probiotic? What's the best probiotic? If I'm going to buy one, what should it be? And of course, people ask me about my fave all the time, and it's always an answer of, well, it kind of depends. So I'll break them down into different types for you. And based on the current research, whether or not we think that they can repopulate the gut or not, but also some of the effects that they have, even if they're not repopulating the gut. So the very most well-researched probiotics are lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. They typically don't colonize the gut, but they can have a lot of health-promoting activity while they're in transit. So these guys help to promote a healthy immune response. They can help with anxiety. They can um, be helpful for inflammatory bowel disease, IBD. They can be helpful for other inflammatory conditions. Um, We know there's a lot of research with vaginal infections, urinary tract infections. So they definitely have a lot of utility. Now you can get a lactobacillus blend. You can get a bifido blend. Oftentimes the two will come um, blended up together. So there'll be lactobacillus and bifido all in one probiotic. I'm going to get into like kind of like how to how to pick and choose probiotics in just a minute. Then we have soil-based probiotics. Um, these are also known as spore-forming probiotics. These are the guys that are typically found in soil. And so the the big um, the big reason that we want to consider taking these is because we get such low exposure to soil, to dirt, to nature, to different terrains that we're missing uh, the exposure that we our, our immune systems and our guts are really designed to have. So these are a lot of the bacillus strains. And again, based on our current research uh, and understanding, these do have the potential to colonize your gut. So I know Rachel sees huge clinical success with this. Um, When somebody has a lot of low beneficial species and she starts them on a soil-based probiotic, she sees really good success with this. I love soil-based probiotics for stool consistency. I know this is like an N equals one, just anecdotal, but 
I do see a huge improvement in constipation when I'm consistently taking these. And you know, the research does does back that up. Um, they can improve diarrhea, abdominal pain, bloating, stool consistency, um, might help with constipation. They can help to decrease leaky gut. They can decrease inflammation. They're good to take if you if you're taking antibiotics. Um, they can kind of help with the adverse side effects of antibiotics. Um, so there's a lot of research behind these these little critters, and they can be really helpful. And then we got Sac bilardi, Saccharomyces boulardii, very well researched. Um, this is actually a beneficial yeast. So you've probably heard me describe this as a yeast eating yeast. So not technically a probiotic. Um, again, this, this guy is not going to colonize your gut, but it has a lot of uh, utility in research for C. diff. That's a big one. IBS, um, certain inflammatory bowel diseases. And then uh, also diarrhea, especially diarrhea associated with antibiotics. That's another one that you're, if you are on antibiotics, your doctor might recommend that you also start Saccharomyces boulardii. And then there's acromantia, just how we started this show, which is technically an archaea. And uh, this is the new kid on the block in terms of probiotics. Acromantia really wasn't in a bottle until very, very, very recently. And um, I believe that other companies are starting to make it, but right now Pendulum is the, the company that makes it. And they have, Pendulum has a few different products. Their number one product is, it's just called Acromantia, and that only has Acromantia. And then they have a metabolic daily and a glucose control. So that has Acromantia with other, uh, with other bacteria species. So just keep that in mind when, if you're interested in purchasing purchasing this. But uh, Acromantia, we know, is um, really important for metabolic health. It's really important for the lining of the gut, keeps that gut healthy and strong. It um, can reduce gut permeability, so it could be a helpful tool for leaky gut. And this is true for the keystone species in our gut, the one that already lives there, but then also when we're taking it as a probiotic. Now, something that's so important to know about probiotics, the extent of integration, meaning whether or not they're actually going to integrate into the gut, colonize, recolonize into the gut, it's very species and strain dependent. So this is exactly what we've just been talking about. It can also depend on baseline microbiome. So what, what you've already got going on. But the other variable, the other factor that can influence whether or not these guys are integrated is dietary context. What are you eating? What does your diet look like when you are taking these probiotics? So if, if folks are taking acromantia as a probiotic and we're not seeing increased levels on a stool test, what would happen if we paired acromantia with dietary strategies and even with some specific fibers that we know can feed that bacterial strain? Because I'm not saying, you know, I just, I just talked about the fact that back, that probiotics could have a lot of benefits, um, even if they're not recolonizing the gut, but we still should make that a goal. We still want to try out to grow the species out that are low in the gut. Um, Acromancy is a, is a big player. 
when levels are robust, that indicates a healthy gut. Low levels of acromantia are associated with disease. So we, we do want to try to grow these guys out. And the best ways to boost acromantia are to feed it the food that it wants. So we want to increase soluble fiber. That helps to increase mucin output, which feeds acromantia. The, the prebiotic fiber of choice to increase acromantia is inulin or FOS. So you'll see if you buy a pendulum acromantia probiotic that there's a bit of chicory inulin in that. That is the the prebiotic that feeds it, but it's a super, super, super small amount. It's 278 milligrams, which is like 0.2 grams. And what we actually need in order to restore acromantia levels in the gut is a much higher dose, anywhere between three to six grams a day. Now we can do that through supplementing with a fiber supplement. We can also try to get that in through diet. Some of the biggest sources of inulin are chicory root, Jerusalem artichokes, and dandelion greens. And I just don't see too many people eating those, you know, that that often. Um, garlic, leeks, asparagus, bananas, wheat bran, all of them also have inulin. Um, but I think if you are really trying to restore acromantia levels, you're going to want to do a combination of uh, food and also fiber supplements. Other things that can feed acromantia are red polyphenol. So we do get these through diet, cranberries, pomegranate, um, red grapes, apple skins, uh, red and rice quinoa. You can use Organifi's red juice. That's one of the reasons that I love to take that every day. It's got an awesome antioxidant blend with pomegranate, cranberry, blueberry, raspberry, and strawberry. It tastes really good. It's super easy to take. You just mix it up into some water and chug it back. Uh, my mom my mom says she puts it in her smoothie. I was like, what? That's crazy. Uh, I guess if you were doing like a strawberry, like a fruit type of smoothie, it would be good. I usually just drink it in water because I really enjoy it. It takes, tastes very good. But you can head to Organifi.com forward slash funk to save 20% off of that if you wanted to try it out. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash F-U-N-K will get you 20% off. But that is kind of one of my go-tos, honestly, to support overall acromancia levels. But we really, really should be focusing on diet. When we think about what influences our microbiome, maybe genetics a little bit, but it's mostly environmental factors. The strongest environmental factors being diet and then medication. Uh, the obvious medication is antibiotics, but other meds can shift our microbiome too. And I would probably throw glyphosate exposure onto that mix too, but diet's a big one. You know, by, diet is a big one. So we know that we're getting the most exposure to bacteria through our dietary intake. That's how we get exposed to, to bacteria is through eating food. So do you think it makes good sense to focus on this? Hell yes. Um, there's, a, there's a paper, and I love the title, Diet Rapidly and Reproducibly Alters the Human Gut Microbiome. So we know that the gut microbiome will respond to our diet, and it responds to diet changes as well. So in other words, change your diet, change your gut. So if we're just popping a probiotic pill with like a hope and a prayer, we can't be shocked that it's not really doing what we expect it to do, unless we're also 
feeding the bacteria and uh, shifting our diet in such a way that it supports a healthy microbiome. So one way to do this is to include more probiotic rich foods. These are going to be your fermented veggies like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, kvass. Not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's like it's like a fermented beet drink. Um, also including more sources of prebiotic fibers because that's going to feed the bacteria. Things like roots and tubers, um, heirloom tomatoes, grains like buckwheat, legumes, lentils, uh, making sure that you're, if you're sensitive to those things, that you're soaking them and you're fermenting them. Um, onions, garlics, leeks, shallots, all of those got some good prebiotic. But, but really what you're shooting for is a very wide variety in different plant matters. Try to aim for 40 species a week. And if that feels overwhelming, just know that that can include dried herbs, dried spices, fresh herbs, all the veggies, all the fruits, all the grains, all the legumes, and see if you can you can come up with 40 species a week. I could say 40 species a day, so I'm being easy on you guys. Um, try, in order to get more variety, try not to cook with and eat the same foods over and over and over again. Your bacteria really do like diversity. They really thrive with diversity. Um, one way to encourage this is to shop at a local farm, shop at your farmer's market, or even uh, get involved in a CSA because it, it encourages to encourages you to switch things up based on what's in season. I also have an episode called How to Eat for True Gut Health. It's episode 78, so you can check that out too if you need a little bit of assistance there. So I'm a big fan of rituals. I think they can help us feel connected, grounded, and anchored, which is so much of what we need right now. My current evening ritual is to make my mellow magnesium drink and listen to a Manifest Your Health meditation. Ned's Mellow Magnesium is a powerful daily magnesium supplement. It's literally my favorite magnesium. It has amino acids, trace minerals that promote memory, mood, brain function, stress response, nerve and muscle health, and sleep. The majority of American adults are deficient in magnesium, which is a mineral that's essential to hundreds of functions in the body. This is one of those nutrients we absolutely burn through during periods of stress, and low magnesium can contribute to even more feelings of stress and anxiety. Mellow also contains GABA and L-theanine, which have anti-anxiety effects. Lavender berry is my favorite flavor, and it is very pretty. Become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code F-U-N-K at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. One thing I do for blood sugar support, especially around my workouts, is amino acid supplementation. I put Keon aminos in my water bottle to take to the yoga studio or the gym, and I drink it either before or after my workout, sometimes both. I also like that it enhances my recovery. I feel less sore. Leucine-enriched amino acids help to reduce soreness and aid in muscle repair, and Keon aminos contains 40% leucine plus all nine essential amino acids. So that's kind of why it's a really good fundamental support for fitness. It's backed by over 20 years of clinical research, highest quality ingredients. There's no fillers. There's no junk. It undergoes rigorous quality testing and tastes really good. Save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. If you go to getkeon.com forward slash funk, that's G-E-T, 
K-I-O-N.com slash F-U-N-K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. Okay, so now if you're like, I really want to build a better gut. I want some of those benefits that Erin was talking about. Um, I'm going to talk you through strategies to introduce probiotics and prebiotics with success. And I say with success because some folks, especially if you have a history of um, GI distress, digestive problems, some people feel like they can't tolerate probiotics or prebiotics. So if this is you, I'm going to help you strategize ways to introduce them so to set you up for success. Now, if you have probi- uh, reactions to probiotics, like you've taken probiotics in the past and they made you feel not great, I want to help you troubleshoot why that might be. One, it can be as simple as there are certain things in the pill that are considered allergens. So for example, some probiotics are, have, have contain dairy and you might be sensitive to dairy. So make sure that you're reading all the ingredients not just the active ones, but everything in the pill. And just make sure that you're not overlooking something as simple as that. Like, oh gosh, this says it has coconut. I'm allergic to coconut. Mm, no wonder why I reacted. The second reason is that there, if there's a lot of prebiotic in it, we have to have like pretty strong and stable guts to be able to withstand a lot of prebiotic. So just make sure that there's not um, a ton of prebiotic fibers in that the, the one I referenced earlier, Pendulum, had such a small amount. It was 0.2 grams. That ain't nothing. So if it's that that amount, it probably won't be problematic for you. But if it's more, then you might, if, you know, you might react to it negatively. Um, if you take a probiotic and you have, and you know, we, you've, we've ruled out those two things. If you take a probiotic and you have a reaction to it, One of the things you can do is just wait because sometimes, especially if we're taking a a pretty potent high strain probiotic, these bacteria can have some antimicrobial effect and we can actually experience a little bit of a die-off reaction, but that should not last any longer than a few days up to a week. So if you're having some funky reactions after longer than a week, it's probably not a die-off reaction. It's probably not just an adjustment reaction. Think about it like this, like all of a sudden you're adding new bacteria, you're introducing new bacteria to your gut. The bacteria there might be like, hey, what the heck is going on? So you might have a little bit of an adjustment reaction. And remember, just helping to contextualize this can make things feel better if you understand what the reactions mean and that they're not always bad. It's not always a bad sign. That can help you kind of navigate the waters a little bit. Go back to episode 287 where I discussed this, like how to kind of pre-frame and understand that reactions to things aren't always a negative sign. Sometimes they're actually a positive sign. But you shouldn't have any of these reactions longer than a week. If you're experiencing them longer than a week, then that's a sign that your immune system is, is really probably triggered and kind of unhappy. You might need to do a little bit more gut healing before you reintroduce probiotics. This might be, you might be a good candidate for working with us one-on-one so we can kind of help you troubleshoot that and navigate that. Um, Another thing is to just slow your roll and titrate the dose up. So if you are really sensitive, if you're really reactive to probiotics, 
check and make sure that you're not taking a probiotic that is a blend of a bunch of different strains. You might do better with introducing one strain at a time. So maybe you do the soil-based, or maybe you do lactobacillus, or maybe you do bifido, or maybe you try a lacto-bifido blend, or maybe you introduce acromancia, or maybe you introduce saccharomyces boulardii. But start with one and see if you can tolerate that and then add another strain because research does suggest that single species formulas are less effective than multiple uh, multiple species formulas so as your immune tolerance improves you can add more strains to get more benefit so like i said earlier your gut loves diversity so we want to give it as you know, as much diversity as we can. And I know that I'm mentioning a lot of things. I do want you to know that I put together a resource for you um, on Fullscript. It's called Build a Better Gut. We will link it up in the show notes. And it's just all the things that I'm talking about are all going to be in one place. So you can kind of look at different probiotics. I'm going to talk about prebiotics in a second. You can kind of poke around and see some different options. I absolutely don't expect you to go in and buy all of them all at once. That would be a little insane, but you can kind of look at different options um, based on what I'm talking about. I didn't want you guys flying blind out there. So I did create that resource for you guys. Now, if you're sensitive, so start with one strain, like I said, and then go really slow. So maybe you start with one strain, one cap every other day. If that's still too much, you can open up the capsule and just do like a half cap or a quarter cap. Just put it into some water and drink it down, and then you can gradually increase. And this is what I refer to as microdosing probiotics. Sometimes when people are really reactive, really sensitive, really immune tolerant, we just have to take super duper duper baby steps and just microdose our way to a full dose. And this could take time. This can take weeks. This can take months. So you have to be patient with yourself. And you can take this same exact approach with fibers. You can microdose fibers. Um, I prefer a combination of a lot of different fibers. Why? Because diversity. You can, you can rotate them out. I usually have a bunch of different fibers and I'm just throwing them all into my smoothie. Like there's no real rhyme or reason at this point. I'm just kind of like haphazardly doing it. Um, but this is another place where you can start with one fiber and see how you do. If you're really sensitive, um, I think that PHGG or partially hydrogelized guar gum is a good place to start because um, I have just found that people are uh, are not as reactive to that one. So you can start with a small dose. Usually I'm recommending people take five grams of that a day, but you just start little, 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 and then you slowly titrate your way up. Um, and then from there you can do a good mix. So there's a lot of different options that I like. Designs for Health Paleo Fiber is one of my favorite. It has a lot of different types of fibers. Um, Pure Encapsulations Poly Prebiotics. It has prebiotic fibers and then also polyphenol. So that one has XOS, as GOS, it has cranberry, blueberry, pomegranate. Um, another one is Metagenics, Metafiber. That one has oat hull and apple fiber. I can't do oats, so I don't do that one. But if you can do oats, go for it. Um, that one helps to feed acromancia and other bacteria as well. So if you can tolerate prebiotic fibers, no problem. You can 
go for it. You know, do a greens powder, do a reds powder. I love, you know, Organifi. I love their greens powder. I love their reds powder. Um, work yourself up to two tablespoons of some combination of prebiotic fibers a day. Take some probiotics. And like, that's a really good way to rebuild a gut. Um, again, head to the link in the show notes to uh, build a better gut on filled, full script. And I'm linking to some of the the fibers that you can check out as well. And so we also, of course, want to think about stress. We want to think about sleep. We want to think about movement, feeding windows, exposure to nature. All of these things are going to influence our gut. But gosh, it's only one show, you know? So... So I had to stop somewhere. And you know, if this if you're listening to this and it seems like a lot of work or a lot of effort, yeah. I mean, yes. Totally. Our environment is radically different than what our microbiome needs to thrive. Our our, our microbiomes don't need like Instagram and Botox and Pop-Tarts to thrive, you know? So the world we're living in not conducive to our microbiome. So our guts as a result, are radically different than they used to be. And we see a lot of digestive and immune dysfunction because of it. So if we want to override that and overcome that, we do have to put in some effort. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you about that. If it feels too overwhelming to even start by yourself, that's when you reach out to us. That's when you can work with us. Or if you're like, Hey, I've tried a lot of these strategies and I'm still not improving. That's where we can kind of swoop in and help with the order of operations. Like maybe what you actually need to work on is more of your adrenal hormone thyroid picture before we can even start to repair your gut. So anyway, I hope that this was chock full of resources for you. Let's let's build some healthy, happy guts for the new year. I will check you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.